0: Not the slide, but the picture that you see that was taken when we went um, shows the church as it is now that we, the fairest term is to say that we restarted. When we arrived in Portugal in 2008, uh, we found a, 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 they would call it a preaching point or a very small mission of of a larger church that had, 10 or 15 folks, and, and um, when, we be, when we got there, about six months later, I began to teach, and some of the folks that were there understood that uh, they didn't really align with the doctrine that we were teaching, and went and found a church that they could better fellowship with, so when that happened, it was our family, and uh, a, another American missionary, single female, um, and about two people. And so we started, and there were services when we were there that um, the day that we, that we organized uh, as, a, as a church into, into this building that you see, or this building that you see, uh, we had a big celebration. We packed the building full. We had like 100 people there, and then Sunday afternoon, we had service, and no one showed up besides our family and a couple uh, that visited for the very first time, and so it was, it was a little bit it was a little bit odd um, about our trip today. This is the first time that my family has been back in five years, so we left in two thousand and eighteen and we came back to the states. Um, you, what you see here is now again the the church uh, you can see Ed and Cindy over to the right, kind of. Uh, Next to the door, and then our family over to the left. I, I want to introduce you to some folks that uh, that are in the church in in Portugal. This this fellow, his name is Kleber, and he is Brazilian. He came as a young man to to Portugal. Uh, he was amongst the first. Um, people that I that, uh, had the privilege to to baptize, and he was one of the two people that we started the church with or restarted the church with. Um, he is serving and has grown tremendously. He's had ups and downs over the years, but he is somebody that um, is, is really, has grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, he told the story when we were there that uh, I, I initially, when, when we got connected, would would help him with some English. He wanted to learn English. He was always really curious. And he said um, one one morning, about 10 o'clock in the morning, we were going to have an, an English lesson. He owned a, a business, owns a business now, but at the time he owned a business. And like I said, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and we went to a cafe and Um, and he ordered a a beer, it was 10 o'clock in the morning he ordered a beer and I drank a cup of tea or something and he told me um, when we were on this trip that uh, he did that purposely because he didn't want to appear to be a hypocrite, that if I ever saw him drinking a beer later on in a cafe that I wouldn't question that he wanted to say, Pastor this is who I am and we had a lot of great discussions Um, he he is a dear brother that um, and a great friend. The pastor of the church, his name is Roberto. So, in Portuguese, when you have a word that begins with the word "r," you start saying it way down here in your uh, in the back of your throat, uh, and it sounds like a, you're um, coughing almost. Um, and so, his name is Roberto. Um, he's also Brazilian. And he is a missionary. He's supported as a missionary from churches in, in Brazil. The, the church in Portugal is able, to, uh, is able to support him a very small amount. And they started uh, doing that when, when we left. He and I worked together. Uh, his family and our family worked together for the last five years that we were in Portugal. And... Um, When we were there this last time, we had a moment on Saturday or Sunday afternoon uh, after service where uh, we had a a meal uh, in the Fellowship Hall area of the church. And we were totally blown away because uh, the pastor invited anyone that wanted to say some kind words about our family and how long it had been since we had visited Um, and it lasted for about an hour and there were a lot of tears Uh, but Roberto said that he remembers uh, one of the worst days of his life and I had no idea where he was going and he said it was a day when um, Pastor Michael asked if we could talk and we met in the corner of this fellowship hall down here and he told me that he and his family were leaving and he said I wasn't you know, necessarily concerned about the the workload and the burden. Uh, he said, "I knew that I was losing a friend," um, and man, um, that that wasn't easy to hear. Uh, this trip, I can say, has solidified a a desire for us to. Continue uh, in a in a greater way to minister in in Portugal. Um, Pedro is the fellow that you see with his arms crossed, closest to the picture in the in the polo, kind of balding. Pedro is um, also one of the first folks that we baptized, uh, and so we're going back now, really 15 years, Um, and. Pedro was brought to the church by a young lady who is now his wife, and they have uh, a a child, um, Isaac. He was brought to the church. He's, he's, He's Portuguese, and he was very Catholic. And he would come on Wednesday nights for our Bible study before he became a believer um, and we would study, we were, a matter of fact, studying the book of James when he first started coming. And he would print, he didn't have a Bible, he would print loose-leaf pages on his computer for the section that we would be studying in James and bring it with him every Wednesday. Um, he, was, he had terrible anxiety, was on a lot of medication, had a terrible stuttering problem. Uh, could barely speak, got very, very nervous. Um, he came to Christ, and his anxiety went away. Um, I had forgotten about it until I had a conversation with him when we went back. He no longer stutters. Um, he was the first amongst the first group that we baptized, and when we baptized him, there's a picture in the archive somewhere of uh, we, we borrowed a church baptistry, and it was in January. And so we went and, and to another church because we wanted to do it inside, and the pastor had, didn't have one job, he had two jobs. The one job was to fill up the baptistry full. The second job was to turn the heater on, and he failed miserably at both of those. So the water in the baptistry was about to here, um, and it was about 40 degrees. And so uh, when I baptized Pedro, uh, I put him down in the water, and when his head hit the water, he grabbed a hole. He clutched my arm, uh, and there's a picture where he went into panic, and I kind of had to just force him uh, and really dunk him. Uh, But 15 years later, um, he is, again, serving in the church and just uh, a testament. Gabriel is the young man sitting next to him that kind of looks like Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, the soccer player he uh, came to Christ through our through our football our coaching ministry um, and also has uh, a, a history. He he was raised as an orphan um, in the uh, by nuns basically, uh, and he is now in the Portuguese army. And he got on a series of buses on his uh, he took leave to come and see us. He actually visited us in, in America one time, but um, he is, uh, as much as he can, every time that he can, he is there uh, at the church. Uh, you know one of the ladies in this in this picture. Uh, the other is, is, her name is Deborah. Uh, she came to Christ, and from a very, very strong Seventh-day Adventist uh, background, and Nina and I discipled her, and she was one of the last that we were able to, had the privilege to baptize. Um, The the moment that everything really clicked for her was when we were in uh, our our discipleship series of classes, uh, and she asked the question of why Christ would die for her. She said, I don't understand it. And I said, I don't either, but I know that he did. And she just started crying. Um, She met a Portuguese man. He came to Christ. They got married. They have uh, have a a baby. And um, she is very firm in her faith. This really, there are other folks out there, but this is the nucleus of the church that, uh, that you saw. When we left, there were probably on a good day, uh, you know, 30 folks that would come to church. The, the week after, when we left in 2018, the week after we came back, uh, there's about 55 seats in the auditorium, and they had to set out uh, chairs. Um, the Lord is blessing the ministry uh, tremendously. And so uh, Isaac, uh, Pedro and Elba's son, he's the last uh, baby that we dedicated. He's five years old now. So when we went, what we did um, is we went specifically to teach on leadership both in and, and out of the church, just the idea of uh, of people being leaders, and we had a good group that on Saturday came to a series of, of 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 lectures of of uh of teachings that I that I did and then on uh Sunday we came back and had some more lessons on leadership Ed gave uh, testimony and then I preached and then we had fellowship afterwards we we you can see some of those uh portuguese words up there we had the middle picture is us Celebrating the Lord's Supper, uh, which was a very w- wonderful time, uh, and then lunch afterwards, um, we have uh, we really focused on on youth ministry while we were there uh, back years ago, and a lot of those youth have kind of aged out. Um, those that are left are the bookends on the left hand picture. Uh, the pastor 's daughter and the pastor 's son um, and the pastor 's son uh, his his name is josh um, and he he preached for the first time today in the church. They had a youth service and he preached for the first time today. Um, the Lord is just doing some magnificent things um, we I, I went after we arrived. And we had been traveling for 24 hours. Uh, we finally got there, and everybody crashed. And I went to uh, speak to and, and, and deliver some baseball material that we, that we purchased. Um, the, the fellow in the middle, his name is Hui, or would be kind of translated into to Roy. Um, and a couple of things that you see, you can't really tell because it's far away, but on the left is, is their field that they play baseball on, um, not at all like the baseball fields that you see here. Um, in the middle picture is the machine, the pitching machine that they have crafted from, like, uh, bubblegum wrappers and paper straw and all of that they, they made. They designed this pitching machine and put up a, a, a net. And then on the right, you see um, their their bench. They just got some pallets and nailed them together, and that's where they... That's where they sit when they, when they have the games. I think there's a tremendous opportunity to evangelize through, through sports and, and through baseball. Um, so any baseball coaches or uh, folks that want to go with us next year, we'll, we'll talk some about that. Um, Portugal is a beautiful country. We are just kind of, um, we're, 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 we're hanging out, walking around, uh, a passear. Is what that says. We went to a cafe. You can see we're right there on the on the coast. Uh, the two couples, uh, a Catholic church right there in the middle. That's all gold plated. That's not you know that's that's uh, uh, there are untold millions of dollars in Catholic churches just in the form of gold. Um, and and then the 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 street, uh, which is like the narrow. The name is like the narrow street. In the town that we that we lived in, and we we took that picture, and Ed said, uh, "Now this is what I imagine Europe uh, being like." When you see all the pictures, that's a that's a very typical uh, typical thing. Uh, the food um, we we ate at one of the uh, best restaurants in all the country um, in our little town, and that is chicken and rice in a plate, and and Cindy's picking out uh, you know what what she wants to eat and justice picked out what he wants to eat for those of you that can't see, uh, perfectly. That's a, that's a chicken foot. Uh, and so he gnawed on it a little bit and had fun with it. Um, and then, and then there's a, there's a coffee there. We were very tired at this point in the Madrid airport. Um, this is a picture from where the pastor lives uh, he rents the bottom floor of a fantastic house uh, for he and his family and you can see clear to the ocean and then you know that 's the the river entrance to the ocean right there. Um, some of the construction everything is is block construction there 's no wood um, except maybe inside but everything is is cinder block construction with no uh, no insulation um, and so when it gets uh, 40 degrees outside, and it's pouring down rain. Um, You heat up your house, and the inside of the the walls just sweat and and drip, and water just runs down the walls. Uh, The left is the church. The right is the house that we stayed in, probably a five-minute drive from the coast. And so just to give you an idea, um, when we were at the house, On a typical day at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it was probably 75 degrees with a nice wind blowing in. Uh, When we went for Saturday and Sunday services um, to the church outside because it's in the city and 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the coast, it's 88 degrees. Inside, it's probably closer to 92. Um, And so... They put the one fan that they have blowing in the sanctuary sanctuary pointed directly at the Americans um, and so I would just pour water out of my shoes when I was done preaching again the same the same picture of of downtown we did a little bit of sightseeing uh, this is a coastal town, and they 're famous for the tiles that you can see there's a, there 's a, a tale of The city's history in those tiles that spans, uh, you know, uh, probably a thousand years. And um, they have paintings and different things there. Uh, I'll wrap my part up quickly with a couple of things. And then if uh, the folks on the team have something that they like to share. Um, When we go back next year, these are some things that we really want to do. And I believe that we can uh, that there their their opportunities and necessities. First, um, the church has talked about it, and they're trying to do a makeshift. How can we get uh, heat and air in in the building? Um, and they're trying to do it, you know, very cost effectively and all that. But I, I believe that um, it's possible that we could be a blessing to the church and and get some air conditioning and heat. They use space heaters in the winter. And they've got them all over the church, and it's just um, not a not a great situation, either summer or winter. Um, teach on biblical stewardship. The pastor said that we had a, a Q&A, um, and we, we did it. We were only planning on doing it for a couple of hours, one hour really, and it went about three hours the first day, and then we came back on Monday night and did, with some leaders in the church, did another question and answer, and um, and that lasted another couple of hours, and um, the the pastor said the last time that any spoke, anyone spoke on uh, tithes and offerings was the last time that I did it, the last service that we were there in 2018. And so there's a great need. He feels he feels conflicted uh, teaching on that because uh, the the church is is helping him out financially, and it's a it's a difficult position. Uh, for him to be and so teaching biblical stewardship he, he made the joke he asked me how, how do I need to do this and I said I think you need to have somebody come in and teach on it uh, or, or you do it but you know get get somebody from the church that could teach on it or invite somebody and he said what's your calendar look like in October um, and and like again just like wrenched my heart like uh, brother let me figure it out um, can we do that Um. The last thing would be to, to help uh, the, the First Baptist Church of Barcelos. is that uh, abbreviation, help them evangelize. Um, special music, can we set up in a park with a, with a barbershop quartet or something that's like totally different and, and have some songs and, and then evangelize afterwards? Can you lecture, do you have an, an area of expertise that you could go over and, and give a series of talks on something that we could invite outside people that would be interested. Hey, um, you know, a, a physician is going to come in and teach on whatever. From a biblical perspective, uh, you know, can you can you go over and, and Coach, uh, help teach uh, baseball? So th- there's some great opportunities there for next year. So let me stop. I know Ed wants to speak. Um, so...
1: i did <laughs> first of all i'd like to just inform you on how how much and how greatly respected this family is to the folks there at the church It was unbelievable their their respect and their love for him and uh he uh, impacted a lot of lives there um one thing that hit me was the uh, the makeup of the church itself. Seemed to be a lot of young people there. Of course, compared to me, everybody's young. But uh, a lot of young people, a lot of young kids, and that's exciting to me to see that. And they all came. We we were there Saturday two, two, two times uh, in the morning and the afternoon, and they were there. We were there Sunday from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the afternoon, they were there. They came back on Monday night, uh, and they came. It wasn't air-conditioned. The place is not heated, but they came, and they're interested. Um, The the question-and-answer period that we had, Michael and I were up, Kind of in front, and they would ask questions. And these people in Portugal, um, they struggle with the same issues that we struggle with: the culture invading the the church, uh, women's role in the church, uh, finances, um, alcohol. All these things they struggle. Same thing we have in in our country and in our churches today. Um, As I got back and reflected, in the church, in the makeup of the church there, they had obviously Portuguese folks there. They had um, Brazilians there, some Venezuelans there. And some Americans even, you know, and uh, uh, the thing about it is this vast group and mixture of group we're all serving and praising and worshiping the same Lord. And that to me is like a microcosm of uh, what it's going to be like in heaven. Uh, We all even though we're different backgrounds, different cultures, different countries, all this, we're still worshiping and and, uh, serving the same Lord. To wrap this up, during our our question and answer period, I I asked Pastor, I told the Pastor Roberto, I said, um, I want to ask you a question. And my question to him was, how can we pray for you and uh he took a minute and uh he says well you know his his children are getting to to be adults and he's concerned with their future as far as their mates and this sort of stuff he he was concerned with inflation and that robs us all there but uh he said his biggest prayer request that we could have, and I would encourage you to pray for him as well, is wisdom to lead his his uh, flock and his church. And that was the biggest thing that he was uh, he asked for us is to pray for his wisdom to lead lead his church. That's all I've got.
0: going once going twice we're very thankful uh to be able to go back and uh, looking forward to next year i think there's just a world of opportunity for us to be able to continue to make an impact um we appreciate the time to be able to share and and please do pray for uh for the church over in in portugal they've got a lot of a lot of challenges so um eddie brian i don't know who's brian
2: Thanks, Mike. Just thank you. Yeah. Y'all go down. Guys. All right, so uh, thanks, Mike. Um, um, we did go to Belize. Guys, we'll shift gears and talk about this trip now. Um, many of you know Kent Mary, and Marion Fuller and their ministry with Trades for Life. Uh, but just for those who don't, I wanted to start off uh, with a couple of videos, uh, a video that uh, is on their website, kind of tells you what Trades for Life does or shows you, and then a testimonial. So guys, if y'all run those, then we'll do our slideshow. Go ahead and play the next one, guys. This is a student testimonial of somebody that graduated. Should be... Yeah, that one's good.
3: My name is Angel Cruz, and I live in the village of Tikero. The first time I came, I didn't know anything about mechanic, but since I came here, I could do a lot of stuff. I could even take off my own parts and put it back. The main thing that I learned is um, taking down an engine and put it back and tire it in. Um, I changed some parts on my trucks already, like the um, like the, the brakes part, bearings on the front, and I grease them up and put them back. All this stuff I learned right here in Trades for Life. They teach us a lot of thing how to spend our money, and that's the most important thing, you know, because we make money and sometimes we just spend it just like that and the most important thing is to spend our money wisely you know that's the main thing that they teach us how to spend our money wisely and how to invest in stuff that you know that we will make money it's a great thing you know that we could get the word of that in our minds every day and that keep me going you know that encouraged me most of all you know to take me through that day spiritually you know we, we don't learn only physical stuff, but we learn spiritual stuff, too, and that's the most important thing about the school. Maybe we could go to other school, but we might not have the privilege of hearing the Word of
2: God. All right, so if, if, if you couldn't see or, or don't understand, what it is is Trades for Life is a, uh, it's a vocational school, but it's holistic. And that's what Kent's been doing for years down there, uh, and it has a con- incredibly high success rate. He brings in these guys, um, and they uh, get trained in a vocation. And when they graduate, um, they are actually certified by the government, and so they have a real leg up on getting uh, finding meaningful employment, getting a job, and being able to put food on the table and um, you know provide for their families. Um, I asked him uh, what kind of People he gets in there, I assumed it was, you know, drug addicts or rehab, coming out of rehab, prison, that kind of thing. He said, man, we get all kinds. He said, he said uh, one lady brought her husband in and said, this is it. If, he don't, if, he don't, if you can't straighten him out, ain't nobody. I said, that's what Holly's going to do to me. If I can't straighten up, she's going to send me to Trades for Life. So, all right, so we'll go through the slideshow. And, babe, if you want to come up here with me, Holly had, uh, did a lot of the teaching, so she can kind of help me. So go through this. So Belize, guys, is um, right at the tip of Mexico, for, the, uh, for you that don't know. On the right is the coastal city, the biggest town called Belize City. That's where you fly in and out, and it's got the most people. And then to the left is Belma Pond. That's the capital. That's where uh, Kent and Marion live, and that's where we did the work. That's where the Trades for Life campus is, and it's about, I don't know, about an hour, a little more than an hour drive over there. And uh, Belize is, is small. It's uh, about the size of Massachusetts. It only has about four hundred and fifty thousand people total in it, uh, and it 's a real strong Roman Catholic influence, but it 's also heavily heavily evangelized and so it reminded me a lot, not exactly, but it's similar to when I went to kenya it's a lot a lot of people know the gospel, but a lot of times there's not a lot of depth there and a lot of confusion because of all the different lots of different denominations down in in Belize. Um, so there we are arriving uh, that 's the first day when we got in on Saturday. Uh, Mr. Kent, right there, if we did a guessing age game, if I said over 50, does everybody think he's over 50? Okay, over 60. Over 70? Look at him. He turned 80. Uh, this last year, and I'm telling you, you can't tell, he, he is spry, he, he moves like, he. I can't tell no, any difference, I've known Kent for 20 years, I can't tell any difference between Kent from when I went in 2001, probably my first trip down there, to now he looks and acts just exactly the same, so the Lord's blessing him with good health. This is a picture of a wing of a plane, I don't know, I guess that's proving that we flew and didn't drive all the way down there. <coughs> um, okay, that's the bed and breakfast, the o's that have been there, that's where we stayed, one of the things about this trip that was unique to the trips I've taken, most trips I've taken have been larger groups. This is a really small group. It was just seven of us. And, uh, you know, you, with a larger group, you can get more work done, right? So everything has its pros and cons. But I really enjoyed this trip because we were able to stay with the Fullers because of, because of the size of the group. You know, they didn't have to, they could just house us at their house. And uh, got to spend time with them, which was really good um they have a little pool you can barely see it there in the back it's tiny but it's a place to cool off because the heat uh, mike was talking about the the heat there the heat in belize is on a whole nother level it was um it was 100 degrees most i think in one day it might have been 95 but it's 80 90 percent humidity it's it you know, heat indexes were 109 110 i mean you're just cooking the whole time and i asked ken I, I i talked to him i said man do you ever get used to it you ever get and he's like no he said, it's just hot. It's miserable all the time. <laughs> and so they just learned to live with it. Do what? Yeah, no air conditioner. We had air conditioner in uh, our rooms at night, which was great. Um, uh, but, but most of the time down there they don't. And, and hardly anybody does uh, have air it's very. And also the other thing about down there that the problem with air conditioner is, is um, um, uh, electricity is super expensive. Very, very expensive to run any kind of electricity down there. It's good. It's third world, but it's um, they have a solid power grid around the towns. They don't have electricity. It's not like some third world places you go where the electricity just goes out half the time, you know, and you don't know it's, it. It's, it's very reliable there, but it's super expensive. So Sunday morning, we got there Saturday. We, um, we just went to the campus and looked at what we were going to be doing, the work, and then just relaxed Saturday night after traveling all day. And then Sunday we went up and get to um, <coughs> Rock Creek Church, which is a... Uh, i'm sorry roaring creek church which that's why i keep her up here correct me when i do things wrong um which was uh is a very small church in a very poor neighborhood and uh it's one that's kind of gone in and out through the years and they're trying to get it started back and kent's helping them try to get the the church going again so on the sunday mornings they do um children's church they don't have an adult service they just do the kids on sunday mornings and then on sunday nights they do the adults and so Joan uh, taught the uh, the kids on Sunday morning. She did a an allegory of a of a, a pencil and tied it all into uh, you know how the lead represents this and, and the wood represents this. And so now it was really good because those kids you know they use pencils for school. They, every time they think about a pencil, uh, you know they'll they'll be thinking about those lessons that she taught. And uh, here's Dave. He got to he got to be buddies with this little kid here. I reckon he was sitting in the back and uh, helping him. And I just thought it would be funny to take a picture of Dave. Anywhere I saw Dave with kids, I was trying to get, snap a picture of Dave with kids because I thought it was cute. And um, uh, I, when I told them how many grandkids Dave had, they were, they were like, oh, wow, so he does know about kids. <laughs> so this is all of us and the, all those kids uh, at the church. I've got one somehow, from some reason he couldn't see, so I'm holding him up, and these are just shots. You can see, I mean, this is 10, 30, or 11 in the morning. Uh, and even them that live there, I mean, they're they're pretty sweaty already, you know. So they live with it. But uh, you know, kids, that you'd see them uh, all day, sun, 110 degrees. They're out running around, riding their bikes, playing. It did not seem to, you know, they're it's not slowing them down. We went to the Blue Hole later that afternoon, uh, which is a spring place. You walk kind of like a national park. You walk down there. There's Holly and Emily. Uh, here's Kate giving us our her best mean look, I guess, right there. Uh, but it was fun and got to cool off. It was a place to cool off. Dave got in the water. We all got to cool off. And then we had four days where we uh, kind of dove into what we were there for. And the Trades for Life, you saw the campus in the videos. Um, what Kent's trying to do is, is spruce up that campus with work teams to where he can rent it because he doesn't operate year-round. Those training sessions are six-week sessions, and they run through the winter months. Um, but during the summer months, he doesn't do anything. And so kind of like Ponderosa will rent out their facility. He's want to be able to rent out the facility. Now, when I, when I say spruce up, it's third world spruce up, you know, uh, everything uh, like David told me, he was there. He said, man, he said, everything down here is like trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. I said, yeah, that's third world construction, man. That's the way it is. You just get, give what you can get your hands on, do the best you can and, and make it work. But the ladies did a lot of painting. There's Kay, they, they, um. Uh, put the base layer on the, the primer on the on the building. There, they did this. This was the um, kind of like a bathroom that's set apart from their main right there behind their main uh, training uh, facility. And they just did a lot of painting. And me and Dave dove into this tile ceiling, and uh, it was it was a little bit of a booger. It, it, you would think tile drops to be pretty easy, but the only uh, tiles that Kent could get, he got them actually really cheap because nobody wants them. Were um, Plaster recess tiles. They weren't the regular, like, board that you can just cut with a, with a, with a, with a knife. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I was trying to put in recesses and stuff. So, anyways, he had a bunch of, I'll show you some before and afters at the end. But here's, I'm, you know, cutting, trying to figure out how to get a recess on a plaster tile with a, with a grinder. That's the only thing I had to work with. And I finally figured it out. So, babe, this is, so, Holly, the other ministry that they have down there uh, is that Miss Marion, for a very, very, very long time, Five days a week, the entire school year, has cooked a meal for 50, somewhere around 50 kids. She does that five days a week. She has one or two people that help her, uh, and she teaches them Bible, so it's kind of like release time. And these kids, the school is right behind their house, their bed and breakfast. They just walk over. Uh, they start showing up around 11, 15, something like that, 11:30, 30, uh, and then they have to be done by one. So part of the other thing we did to help them out was Holly uh, kind of led the ladies and taught that week so that Marion didn't have to talk, uh, teach. All she had to do was, uh, was cook. And when she cooks, she cooks. It's a lot of food. So we would come back for lunch. And, um, babe, you want to say anything about this? This was, this was her first.
4: Okay, so Marion is probably one of the most amazing women you will ever meet. <laughs> Fabulous cook, but big, big heart. Now, she'll tell you like she sees it, too, so if you cross her, she will not be. Um, she's not slow to correct you. But um, y'all can also pray for her. She had a surgery this past week, so just keep her and her health there in the States to deal with some medical issues. Um, as far as our week, our main verse was Ephesians 2.10. The goal was to share that with the, with the children, and then if they could recite it back to you, by the end of the week, they earned a prize, which they were very anxious to do. So our verse was Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And because they are so heavily evangelized and have gotten used to a lot of Bible curriculum, we did a totally different route. We taught via Max Licato books just with short little stories. And the kids I was told are normally not very quiet. They tend to be a little rowdy. It's their break from school. They sat with perfect behavior and listened while we shared the stories. I will say that Allie and Kate were by far the favorites, and that's okay. So the stories that we did on the first day we did You Were Special, and the main story of that, and if you're not familiar with the book, is there is a little weemick and his name is Punchinella, and Punchinella can't seem to do anything right. He gets chastised, and in the village of the Wemicks, if you are good, you get a gold star, and if you are bad, or they don't think that you're worth anything, then you get a gray dot, and so Punchinella was just covered with dots and didn't see his real value, and then he meets another Wemick who has no dots, no stars, and he's like, how do you do that? And she said, because I believe what the Maker tells me more than what other people say. And he said, well, I need to go meet this Maker. And so he goes to meet the Maker, and the Maker was like, the dots only stick if if you believe that. What I matter, what I think matters more than what they think. And of course, the analogy is, is, the Maker is our Lord, and... It only matters. Other people's things, how they view us with their judgments, are not what's important. It matters how the Lord sees us, and He created us, and that's why we're special. So that's the story.
2: So you can see Miss Marion there. She was there helping. And yeah, like Holly said, she, she was like, wow, the kids are just really locked in. And I think it had to do with uh, the approach that. Uh, they took, with Holly took, um, and, and not necessarily. They hear a lot of Bible stories. So to hear something a little different and then use a, 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 you know, an allegory with that was something that I think helped. Here's Holly doing her, well, if I can get it, do it. No, it's not going to do it. It's not going to play it, guys. I'm sorry. Hang on. All right, hold on. There there. Go. Here's Holly. Well, uh, yeah, so she's doing her thing things. there, teaching. They reason. got stars.
4: Still, others knew big words, or they could sing really pretty songs, and each one got a star. Some of the ones had stars all over them, and every time they got a star, they felt so good about themselves, and it would make them want to do something else to get a good star. Others couldn't do much.
2: So, uh, Tuesday, uh, just the same thing. We did the same exact pattern for four days. Uh Joan, that's Joan's shoe, and you can see she's she's decided to uh, sprice it up a little bit there with some blue paint. She had a little mishap, uh, what we gave her a, a pretty good hard time about because she she we, she decided she's going to paint the concrete uh, for a little bit. Well, something like that. I wasn't out there. I was I was inside working, but I heard I heard there they are cleaning. Cleaning up the brushes, and this is just more, I've got to kind of speed this up because we're running out of time. The second book that Holly did was Just the Way You Are, um, another, another great book. This kid was really proud of his watch, wanted to show us his watch. Uh, and just, uh, you know, same thing. Um, this is craft time. This is our craft time. and Normally me and Dave didn't have to help too much with the kids. The, the ladies did that we just tried to cool off but today this day they had us helping with the crafts It was a little complicated uh wednesday we were wrapping it up there's dave cutting some hardy board Uh, he did the countertops uh i spent um the time here trying to finish uh that daggum tile ceiling which nearly whooped me uh because it's you can see it's it's not a normal there's penetrations there's Uh, Cuts, there's all kind and it was not level, you know, the tile was not level uh, that it was hanging from. Um, And that plaster was was just a booger. I will say this, um, I was going to wait until the end, but I'll go ahead and say it now. I I wanted to brag on the team. You go on so many, uh, you know, these, these, I've been on a lot of them. And usually always, at some point you're going to have a little drama to deal with, especially if you're leading. That's kind of your job to make sure everybody's going in the same direction. And man, these guys—it was everybody worked hard. Nobody, there was not one gripe. It was smooth as silk. Uh, I would go with these guys to do anything, anywhere. I mean, they were a great, great team. And so I just wanted to brag on them. Uh, Allie there working, and uh, no, no, uh, Joan. I, I tell you, the only one that griped and probably had an attitude was me, messing with that tile. Joan would go in there, and she'd see me just throw a piece of tile down and broke another one. And uh, she said, "You're doing great, B. You're doing great. It looks good." And she tried to encourage me. She was mis- She did. She 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 did great. So we got to actually paint. The ladies did so good. They got to paint more than what they thought they'd be able to paint. And uh, I'm gonna shoot it on up here. Just more of. Uh, here's Thursday. There's the last day. There we get to you know the famous group shot there at the back of the cabin. There's the before and after. There's before. There's after. They spruced it up good. The insides included. Uh, that that was you saw in the video. That was yellow and now it's green. Uh, there's the drop ceiling before it was a bunch of four-foot stuff a lot of sag and water damage And it looked a little better after we got done <coughs> fighting those tiles um, There's Dave's countertops. He did a great job And again square square peg and a round hole it was we were having to <laughs> find stuff to work with to make it work Holly wrapped it up with that book uh, and just more great kids, man. I saw, Y'all saw the, the photos. Those are keeps, Marion keeps those photos on the wall. Those are all her children each year, and she updates that. So Friday, we had a day to uh, relax and unwind. Uh, we went out on that boat and spent all day on that boat, pretty much. And there we are snorkeling in the beautiful Belizean waters. Uh, there's the, just to give you an idea how pretty it is. Uh, that's the largest coral reef. Uh, in the Western Hemisphere, just off the coast of Belize. There's Kate, loving life. Uh, Oh, here. Now, let me get this to play. This is Joan. Joan petting the sharks. Trying to pet the sharks. Yeah, she got into
3: one. All
2: right, so Joan got to pet some sharks. There's Kate, working hard. And we ate lunch at a place. I got a fried whole fish which I never get to get, I mean bones, eyeballs, everything. They just take the fish, batter it up, and that's what I ate. This is where we went to feed the uh, tarpons, and tarpons get pretty big, and you can see that one's just about got that uh, sardine out of Kate's. Uh, There's Holly's hand halfway in the tarpon's mouth. That's a pretty good shot right there, feeding it sardines. And somehow Dave drove us home. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how that happened, but David ended up driving the boat home. So, all right, let me get the team to come up. Anybody was on the team, uh, I know we're missing Allie, but if you guys will just come on up, and I'm just going to give you all, we just passed the mic. Anybody wants to say anything, I kind of asked them, you know, y'all be thinking about what did the Lord show y'all on this trip? What's the one thing stuck out to you about your missions trip that you want to pass on to the congregation? And I told them not to give a speech, you know, but I don't think we have to worry about that. Okay, we'll start over here, and we'll just pass the mic along, and you guys can just tell Whatever the Lord laid on your heart. I'm first? Yeah, man, you're all right. Come on,
5: man. <laughs> I don't know about talking. I'll sing. I don't talk. <laughs> uh, let me think. Um, I would say this. if I, As far as what I'm thankful for and uh, for what I was impressed with, that's really about the only thing I can think of. But um, what I'm thankful for is and I make no bones about it, I am glad I live in the United States. I mean, um, I've been to a few other countries. I mean, I've been to France, Italy, wherever we've been, And but I can still say I'm glad I live in the United States even compared to those other places. But um, we, are, we live in a blessed country. I've known it for a while, but when you go over and you see what these people live in, just the situations. Um, you just come back, and, and that's really all I can say. Is I'm just I'm thankful for that side of it. I mean, you know, there are some similarities. Um, you know, like here in the United States, we have uh, our hot water's hot. Over there, their hot water's hot. We turn on the cold water; it's cold. You turn on the cold water over there; it's hot. That's about what it amounts to. You come home, take a shower, and you just turn the cold water on, you forget the hot because it, it just doesn't matter. But I'm just thankful that, and, and I believe all of you are too, that we live in a country that uh, we just have all these things, and things don't really matter when it comes down to it, but they are a part of life. And when I go over there and I see how those people live, I mean, the buildings that we were working on, to me, they look like castles compared to what some of those folks were living in. So that's what I can say I'm thankful for. The only other thing about uh, being impressed, I mean, when we were there, we were working on the building, so nobody was there. We were just working, which is just what we do normally. But what I was most impressed about was when we went back at lunchtime, I was not expecting to see all those children. And I was just impressed with the fact that they were taking that on themselves to take care of those children and feeding them like that and teaching them. And so, um, that's about all I have to say, I'm
6: just gonna sit here. <clears throat> um, I have been on a lot of mission trips and I think that when I go on mission trips, I, I'm gonna be blessing someone, but they're always blessing me. Um, it is um, just amazing to um, see how love uh, they have in their hearts and everything. And one little girl um, lived a pretty good ways from uh, Marion, but she came to, um, after school and everything, she walked back, and she brought all of us a gift. And uh, mine was a a bowl that her dad had made, and um, then after she left, well, Marion said, I'm really surprised that she brought this, because they're very poor, and uh, that That was a lot for them to give, and it just blessed me, I mean, for the love that they have. Uh, So I wanted
7: to start with a prayer that was answered for me before I went, or while I was there. Uh, So I have something called dysautonomia in the form of POTS. Um, Basically, it affects my blood pressure, my heart rate, my blood volume in my body, and it just causes a slew of other issues. Um, so before I went, I prayed a lot that I wouldn't be symptomatic. Um, the things that kind of caused all the symptoms, um, squatting, looking up for a long time, heat, um, repetitive, like bending down and stuff. Um, sometimes that'll knock me down for about a week. Um, and all of those are required for painting buildings. Um, and it was so hot there and God answered my prayer. I had zero symptoms the entire time I was there. Um, So I prayed to be able to be effective and helpful, and he answered that prayer very well. Um, So I think that was awesome. And the thing I think I was most impressed with there was um, Marion and Kent, just the amount of devotion and commitment they have to those kids and to the community and Just sharing God's word. They put so much physical effort into it, as well as mental um, prayer warriors. They just do a lot of work for the Lord, and I was super impressed with that. Uh, The one thing that I just noticed
8: throughout the week, it's like every day as we were going back for lunch and being with the kids and helping them with the crafts and everything that we were there, the one thing that impressed me and I kind of took away was their attentiveness And almost just the vulnerability that they had and being willing to listen and being so excited to listen to the stories every day. And as I thought about it, I was like, I mean, as children of God, we should be that way with the Lord. And we should be vulnerable and open and so ready and willing no matter what he places in front of us. No matter if it's 110 degrees outside and you're painting urinals, you know? Like, (laughs) it's um, just the way that the kids were so open and excited about learning about the Lord, even if it wasn't what they thought it was, it just kind of, that was what I took away. It's like every day we should be that vulnerable and open and ready for whatever the Lord is going to place in our lives. And again, just like Joan said, it's a blessing. Even if you think, oh, I'm going to bless someone else, you receive the blessing 10 times more.
4: Okay, so this was my third trip to Belize, and each one was different. In 2000, we went and we stayed out in the jungle and had to take malaria pills and mosquito nets, and we cleaned out ceilings with bat dung falling on us. But I loved it, and enough that I went back in 2016, and we stayed at the campus of Trades for Life. Joan showered with a scorpion. We painted buildings. We had a great, um, great time. Everyone came away unscathed. I got to know Kent and Mary a little better. This time, staying with the Fullers was just an added blessing. It's like when you get a scoop of ice cream and somebody gives you a cherry on the top. That was It was just amazing to be around such godly people. And it, it was just wonderful. I would say the thing that i enjoyed about this trip specifically was the group that we went with like like B said there was never complaining it was the most positive attitudes it was the way they worked the first day we go and we're sitting in the church the thing i remember ally was sitting in front of me like we were talking to the kids and the little girl just reached over and grabbed her hand and just held our hand the whole time, and it was just the connection with the people that you can't replicate it was It was really neat to watch and especially when we started off not we were missing a team member, someone we dearly wanted with us, and God had other plans because of passports, and, and the way the team came together, even in spite of missing one that we wanted to be with us, um, I, I think that was great. We accomplished more than can't thought we would get done and again sweet lily blessed my heart i I would go back in a heartbeat lily was was the little girl who walked um about a mile back in the heat and brought us all something out of her poverty yeah it you can't can't trade those blessings i'd go back in a heartbeat and so if they go back i would consider belize any
2: of y'all all right, guys, we're out of time, but I guess for me, uh, it's, it's, it's Kent and Marion again. You know, Kent's 80 and Marion's 78, and they're still doing it. And so we think about retirement. You know, nothing wrong with change of vocations, right, when you get older, but uh, they exemplify there's no retiring from ministry. Um, you know, at some level, you, as long as you're breathing on this earth, uh, you have something to give to the Lord. And, uh, while Kent is vibrant, y'all pray for Marion. She slowed way down. Joan, Joan knows her better than any of us. Probably Joan spent a lot of time with Marion. She said, she's, she's not as peppy. Marian's a vibrant personality, super peppy. And we could tell this trip, she was tired. She's, she's getting older. She's tired. She didn't have the same pep, the same gusto. And so y'all be praying for them cause, um, because they're not they're not stopping <laughs> anytime soon. They're carrying on. And if anybody's interested in next year's trip, just come see me or, or David or anybody on the missions committee. Um, we'd really strongly encourage you to go. We'll be doing some similar things, uh, continue to work on the campus, continue to just spend time with Kent and Marion and, and help them out. Um, Eddie, do you want to close us in prayer, or do you want me to? Where is it? Okay. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for the opportunity to meet, Lord, and to... Uh, and to just to get to, to know what happened on these trips a little bit, Lord, and to be inspired maybe to be a little more involved, Lord, in missions and maybe even to go, Lord. We just pray that we'd be sensitive to your spirit as we move forward today. Thank you for the fellowship we're going to be having. And, and just thank you for this body of believers, Lord, and just pray that you be with us. In your name we pray. Amen.